Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Maybe the Spirit of God is moving upon right now. I'm going to ask Sister Pat to give that out if you will. For there are those here in this place at this time that my spirit is drawing and wooing and pulling with all the power of heaven to get you to turn away from that which is dark, to get you to come out of that which is destructive. For truly I have a life for you, a life in which even your imagination cannot touch, a life of peace and a life of joy, and a life of blessing. But you must make a decision to surrender. To surrender all. Not just to have an assurance that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven. No, but to live in a piece of heaven on the earth. To live in the kingdom. To live in that which you're taught and that which you enjoy. To live in the presence of God. But you must make the decision To break all ties with the world, the flesh, and the devil. You must make a decision. For the light this day is shining brighter for you than ever before. Saying, come, come and enjoy the blessings of your Father. Return from the pig pens of life. Come Come out of that which destroys hurts and harms. And come into the arms of your loving Savior. So make a decision. This day, for the light is shining and the Spirit is drawing. Do that which is right, not in your own eyes, but in the eyes of the Lord. And you shall see a speedy recovery. And there shall be a quick deliverance of your soul. And you shall see all that God desires for you begin to come into your life. So make that decision. Today, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. In your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We're teaching on the subject of faith. I really enjoy teaching on faith. I did for so many years and did it repetitively on the road, on the, in the field, teaching on redemption and faith and power of God and gifts of the Holy Ghost. And I got some things working in my spirit for the summertime. I think I'm going to take some time and preach on some subjects I've I've really never taught or preached on, but some that we need to listen to and hear as a church. How many like to hear a little bit of teaching about heaven? I've read a couple of books and studied the Word of God and heard some experiences and stuff, and I'm going to put together something that we can can get, get something for sure founded in the Word of God so we'll understand what heaven's all about. Amen. And uh, a few other things I'd like to teach on, something about our dispensation that we're living in. Of course, you know, there, there a lot, I try to stay away from end times, but there are some things I'd like to teach on uh, when it comes to uh, our dispensation. Uh, you know, one of the biggest deceptions that can happen to a person, or one of the biggest, uh, uh, yeah, it is a deception, is not to understand the hour in which you live. You know, just think if you would have been alive uh, back during the outpouring of the Holy Ghost uh, in, in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, and not recognized it. Thought, well, you know, that's, I don't know, they're having some meeting down there at the upper room, but you know, I... I'm busy, you know, I got something, you know, not recognizing the hour or the day in which it was, you know, people recognized when God did something unique, 
in the in the in the heal the great healing revival of the 1948 through the early 70s, uh, the great charismatic move. A lot of people recognize that. Uh, uh, what we see is the great outpouring of the Holy Ghost at the turn of the. 20th century through uh, uh, different ones out in Azusa Street and all those things that went on. People recognized that, came to it, uh, partook of it, and enjoyed it, and it benefited their lives greatly. And uh, we don't want to miss what God's doing in this hour. I believe that what's happening now is the culmination of all the moves of God that have ever happened. Uh, Word of faith, charismatic, outpouring of the Holy Ghost, healing, all of that is is being literally assimilated into one move and placed in the church. You say, why would you say that? Because Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And the church contains a specific structure in it, unique to the move of God and unique to the move of the Holy Ghost that that you really can't pick up in a tent or a hotel ballroom or any other place. And I believe the move of God that God begins in the local church, He will rapture the church out of the earth. The tribulation will happen. And then God will bring the church back to the earth and use the church. And then he'll be finished with the church after a thousand years and no telling. He says he's going to use the church throughout eternity to make manifest his wisdom. What does that mean? Well, all I know is it's going to be glorious. I don't know. Will he send us somewhere else to do something else? I don't know what. It'll be glorious, whatever it is. But it'll be good to be a part of what God's doing throughout eternity. Did you know, let me just say this and we'll teach on faith. There's no other group that's unique, that is as unique as the church. We're the ones that, have, that believe and have not seen. Do you understand that? Uh, well, the church is not the old covenant uh, men and women of, of Moses and David. That, they're not the church. Uh, the people that get saved during the tribulation time, that's not the church either. Uh, the people that get saved during the thousand-year millennium, they're not the church either. The church is a unique group of people that will be in that, what I call that, 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 that uh, uh, dispensation of time in between the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and the rapture of the church. That will be, once that happens, that will be the church. That will be the body of Christ. And God will use us. Isn't that amazing? Throughout all of eternity. Wow, what can that mean? Well, we're going to dig into that a little bit. Isn't it good? Hebrews 11. We're studying the subject of faith. We know that by faith we understand that faith imparts understanding and not explanation. By faith we please God. Without faith we don't. So it's important that we always and at all times operate in faith. Now let me say this on the onset and it will help you. Don't don't hold back on your faith. And just think that it is something designed by God to get you out of problems. You say, well, pastor, I really don't have any particular need. Create one. Now, don't go out there and do something stupid. Break your leg. Say, well, I, I, you told me to go create a need, so I went and broke my leg. I need to be healed. No, 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 no. Don't do that. That'd be, that'd be stupid. Amen. No, if you, if you look around your life and you say, well, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty satisfied. And, 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 and Well, then believe God for, believe God for, for $10,000 to give to a missionary. Believe God for $100,000 to give into a building program. Uh, believe God to do something. Believe God to go somewhere. You see what I'm saying? Don't let your faith get dormant. Because faith is something that as you develop it and as you walk in it, the more you use it, the stronger it gets. So you need to be using your faith every day. I use my faith every day. I use my faith for things corporately in the church, part of my confession, things I'm believing for. This week I spent a lot of time praying over land, just praying over the land. 
I just believe there's, the Lord has spoke to me. I wrote it in my prayer journal. Actually, it'll be almost a year ago that the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to do two major miracles in the building of that church. Somehow in my spirit, I believe that, that something to do with the land, there's going to be a major miracle in that. So I've been praying over that. And Lord, what is it? And, and how, do I even, how do I even approach these people that have that 11 acres? How do I even, what do I even say? I, I've been praying about all of that. I'm using my faith. Thank you, Father, for that land. Thank you for it, Lord. I believe I receive. I bind the devil. I bind his hindrances. I bind uh, his distractions. I'm using my faith corporately. Amen. We do it personally. Lee and I, uh, we're, we're believing God for another house. So we're looking around and praying and some very unique things have happened. We're just kind of looking, what is going on here? But we're praying and we're confessing and we've got our faith. Then personally, personally, I'm praying. I, I, I uh, uh, have a particular place I've duck hunted for the past four years. And there's been a, a couple of places come available over the years, but we've kind of lost out. So I'm praying over my buddy over in Winnie that, that he'll get this particular piece of property. That ain't got nothing to do with anybody in here, but I've got my faith stretched. I use it personally for things that may not even seem like nothing to you, but to me it might mean something. And I found this about God. The thing that may mean the least to you might be important to God. He might want to bless you with something. Get your faith out there. Get your faith out there. Get your faith working for you. Don't let it sit dormant. Uh, you say, well, I, I like one person. I thought it was really neat. Uh, a lady gave testimony about, about uh, uh, believing God for a house. And she said, so she was praying. And she had sowed some money toward a building program and, and, and done some other things. And she was just saying, Lord, I need to release my faith. I need to release my faith. I need to release my faith. And the Lord spoke to her and said, go down to the hardware store and buy a doorknob. So she went down to the store, and she found the most expensive doorknob they had. And she bought that doorknob, and then the Lord said, hang a little note on it that says, now all i got to do is hook a house to it. <laughs> and she carried that doorknob in her purse for years, for two or three years, as she confessed over, I'm going to hook a house to this doorknob. I'm going to hook a house to this doorknob. I'm going to hook a house. And you know what she did? She hooked a house to that doorknob. Amen. Amen. You believe in God for a car? Go down and get your keychain. I don't have my car yet, but I got my keychain. Car's on the way. Glory to God. Amen. Go down and get you some turtle wax and a bucket to wash it with. Amen? Amen? That may sound silly to you, but that's stretching your faith out there. I like what old brother Deer, Bill Dearman back at Lakewood Church used to say, do something, at least you do nothing. Do something in faith. So let's begin to look here in the Word of God. First of all, we want a Bible definition of faith. We don't want the world's definition. Remember what we said a couple of weeks ago? How, you know, you talk to people and you get all excited about God and you start telling about signs and wonders and tumors disappearing and all kinds of stuff. And they look at you real puzzled and say, of what faith are you? Wanting to know of what, or what label to put on you. But faith is not the label we put on ourselves. Faith is actually a verb. It's active. It's something that we do. It's not just what we believe. It's what we do. So when the enemy takes and tries to reduce faith, to some type of generic form where it's, well, I'm of this faith or of that faith. Don't fall for that. No, faith is something that we operate in. Faith is of God. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace are we saved through faith, not of works. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. The law of double reference in the Greek language is true of that scripture, which means both the faith and the grace is a gift from God. So, that's really cool. You say, why is that? God gives you a gift to receive a gift with. Isn't that cool? That's how good your God is. He gives you a gift to receive a gift with. 
So we're going to learn some stuff over the next few weeks, and I believe it is going to help your faith, number one, to grow, because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And then as we teach this, begin to pray and say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to have? What do you want me to receive? How can I use my faith? And as you do that, begin to stretch out, and I'm believing that this series will help us to go from faith being an effort to faith being a lifestyle. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11. Did I say that? Verse 1. Let's read it in two versions. King James first. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now notice in verse. Uh, excuse me. Same verse uh, in the Amplified. Now faith is the assurance. The confirmation. The title deed. Of things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see. And the conviction of their reality. Now listen to this. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not yet revealed to the senses. Woo! Glory to God. Let me read that again. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Now remember we just finished studying redemption. This is something very unique about redemption. In that when Adam and the woman were in the garden and they were correctly related to God, they did not live by their senses. They lived by their faith. They lived by their spirit. Now, one of the greatest tricks of the devil played against humanity was to get him out of the spirit realm and into the sensual realm. Remember what the, what the serpent told the woman? Uh, to look and see that the tree... See the tree. See the tree. That's the senses. You know, you've got five senses. You've got hearing, smelling, tasting, seeing, and then the sense of touch or feeling. Now, by those senses, listen, you need those senses to live on this planet. You cannot suspend those senses and say, well, you know, I'm just going to go out of here with a blindfold on and put cotton in my ears, and I'm just going to walk around by faith. <laughs> well, your faith walk will end with your funeral. When a Mack truck runs you down in the road, we'll say, well, he thought he was living by faith, you know, but... No, yeah, that was, just, that was just stupidity is what that was. No, this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Word of God imparting to us the ability to perceive as reality that which God has given us through redemption or in Christ. Laid up for us, Jesus himself, through his finished work of redemption, has laid up for us a great wealth. You say, what do you mean great wealth? Healing, prosperity. Righteousness, joy, peace, a will of God, the destiny of God, all of the things that you desire and dream. He has laid them up in a realm, in an unreached realm, a realm not reached by the senses of the human being. But that realm can be reached, tapped into, and brought out of it that provision by faith. I ought to get a better amen than that. I mean, if I told you, man, you got more than $600 million laid up. That's what the lottery is, amen. You've got blessing. You've got healing for when the enemy tries to attack your body. You've got joy for when the enemy tries to attack your mind. You've got peace at all times. You've got blessing. You've got goodness. You've got grace. You've got mercy. It's all just piled up for you, heaped up for you. And all you got to do is learn how to tap into it. And if you can find something that will tap into the unseen realm, you can pull it all out into your life. I mean, I don't know. I could sit up here for a week probably and tell you 
Testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony. How God healed my body. How God blessed me financially. How God opened a door. How God did this. How God did that. How God showed me a path. How God's done this and that. All of these things that God has done for me by faith in which I have known that's there. But I've got to find it. I've got to pull it into my life. The same is true for you. Just thinking of all the blessings that God has. All of the things. The Bible says that he's already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That through the what? Precious promises of God, we might be partakers of the divine nature. Well, you partake of the divine nature by faith. Faith brings it into your life. Now, with senses in mind, let's use a natural illustration to help bring forth a spiritual truth. We know that we have five senses, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. One of the most unique senses is the sense of smell. Now, smell can work for you in such a way that you can relate it or parallel it to faith. You say, what do you mean? Let me give you an illustration. Say, say, say uh, Frank and Joanna, they're going to, say Frank, Frank comes every once in a while and goes fishing with me. So say we go out fishing. So we're out fishing and he says, okay, uh, uh, Pastor, uh, uh, why don't, uh, when we finish fishing, let's uh, put the boat on the trailer and let's come to my, let's go to my house for lunch. He says, well, well what are you having for lunch? Well, I don't know, but, but, but now Joanna makes lunch for me every day. Every day at noon, I go home and I have lunch and she makes lunch for me every day. And so we're going to have lunch. And so, okay, let's go. We're going to go have lunch. Everybody with me? Everybody say, let's have lunch. So, we're on the way. Now, her best dish, Frank's favorite dish, those enchiladas that she makes. Oh, my goodness. So, he starts telling me, telling me, oh, man, I hope she's making enchiladas. And he starts describing how she takes the tortillas and does the meat and makes the sauce and does the cheese and bakes them in the oven and does all that she's... Now, we don't know if we're going to have enchiladas or whether we're going to have a dry peanut butter sandwich. (laughs) But now his words are building hope. So we get about halfway to Frank's house and I'm thinking this. Well, I hope we ain't having a dry peanut butter sandwich. I I hope Joanna's making enchiladas. Man, I hope so. And so I'm thinking, I hope, man, I hope. And so, sure enough, we pull up in the driveway, and she's taking a pan of enchiladas out of the oven at the same time we pull into the driveway. You got got the picture? Now, she goes over, and because it got hot in the kitchen, she opens the window. Now, she just just knows we're coming to lunch. We don't know what she's making. She opens the window, and the, the smell... The aroma of the enchiladas comes down the driveway and and goes, we're up our noses. And so Frank turns to me and says, Joanna cooked enchiladas. We are having enchiladas for lunch. Now let me ask you a question. Do I have to wait to get into the house, to wash my hands, to sit down at the table, for the plate to be put in front of me, for the hot sauce to be put on? For the prayer to be prayed, for the knife and fork to be used, for the do I have to wait for taste to tell me? Or can I rely on the reality that was given to me, built by words first 
and smell second that that which I desired is now in reality mine. Did you know I possess the enchilada when I... Amen. Now, what if there was a delay? All of a sudden the phone rings. We've got to run over here and do an errand. We've got to run over here and do that. Run over here and do this. He makes a phone call. He says, you put those enchiladas on hold. We'll be back in about an hour. Well, the delay does not deny. I said the delay is not a denial. It's just a delay. But I'm still assured that that which I'd only hoped for Faith is that somebody's going to get something this morning. You're going, you're going to rise up in faith. Faith is what? The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of that which is not yet re- uh, revealed to the senses. So, here's how it works. You, 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 you come to Island Church, and maybe you've gotten a bad doctor's report. They, they, they've said you've got this disease, this infirmity. This. So, you've not really ever heard any teaching on healing. Now, you notice, say you come over a month's period of time on a Sunday morning. You notice on Sunday morning, after the praise and worship, that, that, that uh, the ministers of the church and Lee and myself, we pray for people. And you hear people, you hear us say things like, we rebuke you, arthritis. We rebuke you, cancer. In the name of Jesus. And you hear these words. Remember what those Chinese people said? Those are words that did not go into our ears. They went into our bellies. So you hear these words, and you begin to, in your mind, you begin to think, I wonder... If I can be healed. Hope begins to rise up. But then on a particular Sunday morning you come. And I instruct the congregation as we begin to teach the word of God. To go to Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. So we start talking about healing. We go over and we talk about the woman with the issue of blood. We talk about blind Bartimaeus. When the woman with the issue of blood heard, blind Bartimaeus cried out, Thou son of David, have mercy. We start going through those principles of faith. And all of a sudden, what you only hoped for becomes reality. Faith begins to do what? Add substance to that which you've only hoped for. Now all you've got to do is do what? Come up and get healed. You don't even really have to do that. We were, I was telling the testimony in the first service in two different times. Now there may have been others, but only two that I know of in which people have given testimony have people who were blind been healed in our meetings. One particular was just a spectacular healing. I mean, the woman sat in the front of the church so she could see the light off of the, off of the screen. That gave her a little uh, 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 security, made her feel like she wasn't sitting in abject darkness. And I'm telling you like you snap your fingers. The power of God hit her during an altar service, opened her eyes wide open. She screamed and hollered, ran around the church, read the words off in the front, then ran in the back and read the words off in the back. Totally healed. But the other time, I was with Pastor Randy Ayers in Grosbeck. This is probably 25 years ago. Just teaching on faith. We did a faith seminar Sunday through a Wednesday night. On a Tuesday night, he and I lingered in his office talking about some things. We got up to leave. He was going to lock up the church. He went and made sure some of the doors were locked. As we left, there was a little woman standing in the foyer. She said this. She said over the past several years, her eyes had been blinded by cataracts. She couldn't see. She had been declared legally blind. She said, now when you taught on faith tonight, under my breath I said, I believe I received my healing. She said, when I saw that, those cataracts fell off my eyes just like that, and I could totally see it. Well, we didn't lay hands on her. We didn't pray for her. We didn't do anything like that. All she did was, by faith, receive. 
faith gave her the assurance of that which she only hoped for was now hers. It is the title deed. Now, you could believe me. I could tell you that I own a boat. Actually, I have three titles on my boat. There's a title to the boat itself. There's a title to the trailer. And there's a title to the motor. Now, I could tell you I have a boat. And you'd probably believe me. There's no reason for me to lie that I have a boat. But if you do not believe me, instead of going down to uh, Jamaica Beach to where I keep my boat, I could go home to my safe. And I could get into my safe and I could bring you out three title deeds with my name on it that talks about, it's got the seal of the state of Texas, it's got an official look to it, it has words on it that talks about the dealership that I bought the boat from, the type of motor it is, the type of boat it is, the type of trailer it is, and it, all of it transfers ownership to me. Now, if you don't believe I have a boat and I show you the title that I do have the boat, motor, and trailer, and you still don't believe, then you got a problem. you got a word problem. And that's the key in understanding, now this is a point, that the Word of God has the ability to empower you to believe above and beyond that which your senses tell you. Now, that's the key point. Let's turn real quick. How's my time? Oh my goodness, where'd my time go today? We'll close with this. Romans 10, real quick. And then we'll pick this up next week. Is anybody liking this? I tell you, it's going to help you in your faith. Romans 10, real quick. We know the scripture. I've got to be careful in Romans 10. I get lost in that chapter and we'll be here till 4.30. I promise you, we won't. I know they got cake out there. <laughs> Romans chapter 10, we know the scripture. End of the Roman road for us. Look there in verse, let me get there real quick. Romans 9, Romans 10. Verse 8, but what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, verse 8, Romans 10, even in thy mouth, thy heart, everybody say mouth, heart, that is the word of faith which we preach that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, everybody say Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, real quick, for sake of time, we'll come back to this next week. Romans 10, 17. So then faith. Everybody say faith. Faith Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now, first of all, two points and we'll close. Your belief system, we've, we've, we've pounded on this, and preached on this, and pounded on this. All of the systems... Of your, of, your, of your being are very complicated. Of your physical body. The cardiovascular system. How complicated is that? The, 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 the nervous system. The digestive system. The reproductive system. Man, these are... Co- you don't want nobody messing with your systems. That ain't spent a lot of time studying them. I mean, I mean anybody can gut a fish. But you don't want nobody messing with your systems... That hadn't, and, and I'd like somebody who's had some experience, not just out of school, you know, well, I'm going to try it out. No, no, I want somebody that's maybe had about 
20 years experience messing with any of my systems. Amen. But, everybody say but. The belief system of the human being, God made it simple. Now notice what I said. Not the belief system of the Christian. Because if it was only of the Christian, you'd have to be a Christian to have it. And if you had to be a Christian to have it, all of us started out as what? Sinners. None of us would have it. Be impossible. Be a catch-22. No, no. It's of the human being. It has two components. The heart and the mouth. The heart and the mouth. The heart and the mouth. The spirit of man and the word of man. Your words are the only thing that you possess that can touch any realm. It can touch the natural realm and it can touch the spirit realm. Your words can pierce the spirit realm. That's the only thing that will do it is your words. Are you with me? So with the heart and the mouth, the heart and the mouth, the heart and the mouth. Then, so then faith cometh by hearing, and that's the, the law of repetition, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So I'll close with this. God's word has the ability to convince you of its reality, no matter what your senses may tell you. Now, next week, during the week, I contact one of our, one of our uh, carpenters. Y'all hear me all right? This thing got loose on my ear. There we go. Is that better? I contact one of my carpenters. I say, build me a box. Build me a box. I've got something at the house, and I'm going to put it in the box. But you can't see it. And you can't feel it. And you can't smell it, and you can't touch it, you can't taste it. You can't contact it with any of your senses. So I bring the box up here, and I open it up, and I start describing what's in the box. I start talking about its origin, how old it is. I start talking about where it came from, its purpose. And I describe and take exhaustive and enormous amounts of time describing What's in the box? And so I notice the congregation is not connecting to my teaching on what's in the box. Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. So what we're going to do is we're going to schedule Sunday night through Friday night. And we're going to teach on what's in the box. So you come every night because you're curious and you think, maybe there's something there I'm not seeing. Maybe there's something I'm not hearing. Maybe there's something I'm not smelling. Maybe there's something I'm not tasting. Maybe there's something I'm not feeling. Are you with me? So all I have to tell you about what's in the box is human words that originate with me. That's all I have. Because I'm the one trying to convince you of the reality of what's in the box. Are you with me? So we get to Friday, and your conclusion is this. Ain't none in that box. I've been here for a week. And that nut's been up there talking about what's in the box, what's in the box, what's in the box, where it came from, what's in the box, what's in the box, telling everybody there's something in the box, but I don't see anything. And I don't hear nothing. And I know there's always some super spiritual person. I think I saw it. (laughs) Amen. God bless you. We love you. We really do. But it ain't there. Now, the point I'm trying to make is, no matter how long we teach on what's in the box, my words have no power to convince you of its reality. You will still walk out the door with the conclusion, there ain't nothing in that box. 
unless you put Jesus in there. You say, what do you mean? Now we start talking about someone you've never seen with physical eyes, someone you've never heard with physical ears, somebody you've never touched with a physical hand, smelt with a physical nose, uh, uh, seen with physical eyes. You've never had any, quote, sense contact with Jesus. How many know there's a Jesus? Really? And we don't have to have month-long seminars. We don't have to have shows you. How about, how about let me give you another word that has substance and evidence to it. You ready? Heaven. Heaven. Nobody's ever been there. Not, not I'm talking about us that are here. Nobody's ever just came back and said, I've got some pictures on my phone. <laughs> Hey, man, here's Abraham here. I, you know, that. Oh, come on. But we have developed to the point where we do not believe there's a heaven. We know there's a heaven. We don't believe there's a Jesus. We know there's a Jesus. Well, why don't we take that to the next step and not just believe we're healed, but know we're healed. See, people say, well, Pastor... How do, I, how, do, how do I know that I have faith? How do I know? Because I listen to what you preach, but that's not the key. You can listen to every sermon, but it's not till you hear it. Let me tell you the difference. It's real easy. When you hear the word, that becomes what you act on. What you listen to, you will think about, you will contemplate, you will meditate, but the day you hear it. How many, how many of you, before you ever heard of salvation, you listened to somebody talk? You listened to a Billy Graham crusade. You listened to somebody witness to you. You listened to, and you listened. But one day somebody told you about Jesus and you weren't listening. You heard it. And they said, take my hand. And you took their hand. You said, pray this prayer with me. You prayed that prayer with them and you got saved. And all of a sudden, something from the unseen realm was given to something already supplied for you because God didn't save you on that day. That's just the day you got saved. God saved you 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked out of the empty tomb and went up to heaven with his precious blood and poured it on the mercy seat and made it available to all of those that would what? Believe in their heart and confess with their mouth. And he gave us his word to empower our hearts to believe so our mouths could confess. That's how simple it is. You want to change your life? Change what you believe in your heart? Change what you confess with your mouth. You say, but human words can't do that. You don't need them. you got God's words. You can speak words of life instead of words of death. You can believe words of peace instead of words of turmoil. You can believe and know words of health instead of words of sickness and disease. And when you begin to do that, all that God has prepared for us in Christ begins to find its way. It's looking for you now. It's trying to find its way to your life. And as soon as you step out in faith, it finds you. There you are. I was looking for you. Healing says, there you are. I was looking for you. Peace says, there you are. I was looking for you. Listen, the blessings of God are doing what? They're looking for you. Searching for you. Looking for you. And as soon as you step out in faith, it finds you. And there you are. Right there. Healed, blessed, set free, delivered. Amen. You love the Lord? Lift your hands up and worship God. Father, we bless your name today. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your glory. We thank you for faith, Lord. Faith pleases you. And Father, thank you as we continue in your word. We are your disciples. We are your disciples indeed. We shall know the truth and the truth 
gives us freedom. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, let's receive our- Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services Sunday morning, 1045. Tuesday prayer, 730. Thursday evening, midweek service, 7.30. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.